What's up, everybody? Welcome today to the Ask LSC podcast. It's great to be with you. My name is Harrison Gilming. I am the worship arts director here at Lake Forest in Huntersville. I'm sitting down today with Mike Moses, lead pet. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Cook, community pastor, uh, duties as assigned. There wasn't nearly enough enthusiasm for that to, that to be believable. Uh, Mike uh, Moses, yeah, yeah, I let's go. Have been way more into it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a good try though. Um, thank you, thank you. No, it's good to um, uh, sit down, and hang out here with Jeff today. We are going to uh, dig in a little bit on the ep- on this episode of the podcast today. Uh, some of uh, there's a, a, a popular criticism of churches that kind of run like us. And we want to dig into that criticism, uh, explain where in some places it might be a little valid and we have to look at ourselves in the mirror and Mm -hmm. in some other places where, uh, we feel like there are some decisions we make because we feel like that's what God has called and equipped us to specifically. So there is, that's called a teaser in the biz. Jeff. But you have to watch, you have to listen to the end. Yeah, hear the really good stuff. That's true, and you have to listen to these sponsored ads. Uh, five minutes yeah. of ads. <laughs> we're sponsored. No, and we do need a we do need a sponsor. Actually, that uh, would that would be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We've got to have somebody. Yeah, will, listen. If you own a business <laughs> and right. would like to sponsor a podcast, we will read your ad in very funny and in creative ways. Yes. Um, so uh, before we get into uh, the main stuff today. Um, a couple things that are coming up here in the near future we wanted to let you guys know about. Uh, the first one directly relates to where we are uh, walking together as a church over the next couple months, all the way till Easter, actually. We've been mentioning this, but to say it again, we are anchoring everything that we're doing on Sunday mornings as it relates to teaching uh, out of the book of Luke for from now all the way up until Easter through the Advent season uh, over this month. We're just looking at stories of Jesus interacting with different kinds of people. So um, we are partnering alongside of that uh, with something pretty cool that we get to do together as a church. Sure. Uh, So something that we, uh, one of the benefits, I think, uh, of what we did in 2021 where we walked through the Bible together is we realized, like I personally, because of my job role, I heard from many, many, many of you how great and helpful it was just to have like clear suggested Bible reading in you getting engaged. And so, so what we're going to do at, or already are doing as a church uh, is read through the gospel of Luke. And we kind of broke it down in ways that are hopefully not overwhelming in terms of amount of reading. I even, I put catch up days right in the plan. Uh, cause listen, I got five kids. I know how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we try and kind of tie it in so that when we approach Holy week and we get down to talking about like, uh, the last supper and, and good Friday, that's right where we're going to land in our scripture reading. So if you haven't started already, you certainly could catch up. I encourage you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the ways that you're going to see that we always work with the technology we got, right? So there are uh, if if you have made Lake Forest your church on U version, which I strongly encourage you to do, uh, you'll see I post at the beginning of every week, some point on Sunday, the readings for the week, um, and that also goes on our website. We got a spot on our website where we kind of keep the reading plan up and just add things as it develops. 
we are just because of technology stuff. I don't got to drag you through. Yep. Uh, we're not able to comment inside of you version right now. And so we're just going to use good old Facebook for that. So we will also be posting every, beginning of every week, the readings for the week and really encouraging you. If something strikes you, if a question pops up, like mm-hmm. comment, post comments on there, interact with each other, give us as staff and pastors a chance to see and interact with that stuff. Uh, and so hopefully we can kind of march together towards the celebration hmm. of Easter. A question for you that you probably, you could answer this question as a 35 minute sermon, but the one minute answer, if this is even possible sure. in your experience as a pastor, if you're speaking with someone that has not made it a regular habit in their life to read the Bible for themselves, to read God's word for themselves, um, why Why do you as a pastor recommend that people read the Bible for themselves and not just do the Sunday stuff? Sure. Um, it, the, the difference is this. Uh, picture the first sleepover party you ever had with your best friend. It is one o'clock in the morning. You just finished getting yelled at by his or her mom. <laughs> the lights are off. You're sugared up out of your head and you're laying there in the dark sharing stories with each other getting to know each other in a way that you never could in the light. That's the difference for me uh, Hmm. when it is me, Holy Spirit and my Bible reading versus me on a Sunday morning. Hmm. Um, Now I admittedly it's easier for some than others. Some are more comfortable with it than others, but the potential for Hmm. deeply knowing God in personal ways, I think is, is far greater when it's just me, God, my Bible. That is awesome. Very well done. If you want the sermon version of that, I'm sure it'll be coming sometime here in the near future. Um, Okay, uh, one more thing we just wanted to put on your radar. This is especially for uh, the dudes of Mm -hmm. Lake Forest. And even, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're a Lake Forest person. So, number one, dudes, we're encouraging you to not only attend this thing Jeff's about to tell us about, but also this is a major... uh, bring uh bring a buddy bring a family member whoever it's a it's a real uh, open open jeff's trying to get as many dudes here as possible what is the thing so the thing is the first i'm going to start calling it the first annual because i can't see we don't do this first annual yes first annual (laughs) rock and rib barbecue expo yes so here's the gist we we got and are continuing to get a bunch of dudes who consider themselves somewhat skilled in the area of barbecue, smoking things, shredding things, pulling things, whatever. Um, And they are all going to do their best. And then we are going to gather on January 28th. Nice. January 28th uh, at five o'clock to eat as much meat as possible. Mm. Uh, We're talking meat sweats, right? The whole thing. But we also have secured a cover band that is going to come and play live classic rock music while we do it. Yes. So I really don't see how this isn't amazing. Um, But I will, to be thoroughly transparent, uh, I have had multiple men like, hey, I see all these women things and where's the men things? And you got to know, we planned... An entire season of things, events, studies, opportunities, and all of them start with this. Like this 
if you are going to do one thing like for your church this year, let it be helping me out here <laughs> and bring as many men as possible to this thing. Because uh, for one, I think it's going to be amazing. And, and for two, I, it's going to be the, the starting point of our whole year. And so the more men we have, the better. That is awesome. They got more serious as it went, but I was already committed yes. to the bit. Yep. So we got to hear more Freebird uh, underneath. Listen. It just, I don't know, it just felt appropriate. Freebird fits with just yeah, about anything. I mean, you could, that should be yelled out more in everyday life situations. It and on really Sunday, should. you should yell it out some Sunday. I can't guarantee that we'll, we'll play it, but I should learn a minute of it just it in really case. really depends on who's in the band. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, hey, let's get into the stuff here. Again, thanks for listening along with us as you always do. Um, you can always send in some of your own questions to us at uh, at ask LFC at lakeforest.org. We get all that stuff. Um, so we want to talk a little bit today about uh, what happens on Sunday mornings here at Lake Forest and or at, at churches all across the country, all across the world, especially in the contemporary church style. Um, there are a majority of the churches in the world are churches that are a hundred people or less. Most yep. churches are, uh, that's classified as smaller churches. Uh, a lot of those are church plants that appear and fade within a, a couple of years. Um, some of those, have, some of those have been sitting on street corners in America or, or in cities around the world or meeting in someone's house for, a hundred years, a couple hundred years. There's, mm-hmm. there's all different kinds of churches and, uh, the kind of church that we have grown into here at Lake Forest. Um, we, we have tried to, as Mike, Mike talked about this in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, a specific angle of this, but, uh, what it means to be an ancient future church. Um, how, how we like to, approach an ancient faith um, that uh, G- Jesus walked the earth around 2000 years ago, but the kind of the, the foundation of our faith, not even counting the creation of the world as the foundation of our faith. But as we see, um, as we see this narrative emerge through the old Testament of God beginning to work and to reveal himself through his chosen people, Israel. So this is a this is a faith that's been around a long, long, long time, mm-hmm. right? So, sure. so, so number one, the point of the ancient future thing is admitting that whatever new idea that I thought of last week, number one is probably not new, right. and if if it is a hundred percent brand new you better investigate the heck out of it because right. there is a strong chance it's not right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yep. nothing against your super cool original new idea. So, okay. So that's kind of the groundwork of this is us looking at it and saying, how do we take an ancient faith with ancient ideas and put that into a, uh, a modern context in ways that, that make sense to us. We were just actually talking here right before we hit record on this, Jeff, about, uh, the chunk of Luke that we're going to do after where we are right now is looking at some of the, the, the parables of Jesus. And we were kind of remarking that 
some of the cool stuff about the parables was literally Jesus doing exactly that. He's taking mm-hmm. uh, spiritual concepts and he's putting them into like a story that engaged with people where they were like in their everyday lives. Right. Right. Yep. To make it easier for them to grasp hold of. Yeah. So, so Jesus did this already. He was taking, oh, yeah. he was, he was the, the fancy um, church word for that is contextualizing. Mm-hmm contextualizing the gospel. If you go to a seminary, you'll hear about contextualizing Mm -hmm. the gospel, but all that really means is, uh, how do we take something ancient and put it in language and terms and situations that we can understand? So Mm -hmm. we begin there. And uh, so, so that has some of its strengths and some of its weaknesses. So, um, Jeff, as we were talking about kind of where to head with the podcast, if you want to help me frame up the problem, sure. what, where is yep. the, where's the area of how churches like, like us, um, I'm, t- I'm setting to the side for a moment, a, a, a large chunk of churches, not only here in America, but around the world that would, uh, approach what would, you would probably call more traditionally, mm-hmm. they may, they may have a much more liturgical service where there is a, there's an order of things and they're going to sing this hymn and they're going to do this reading and they're going to do this thing every week, which please obviously hear nothing that we do or the way we believe we're called is a criticism in any way of that style. We, we believe so strongly around here. The reason why church planning is so awesome is because there are people that, we will never reach the way we do church here at Lake Forest. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not because we think we're doing part of it wrong. It's just because people are so different. People are different. There's someone that going to the um, super uh, more classically traditional church with 50 people where everyone knows your name, like that's where they're going to grow spiritually. Yep. But anyways. Well, and I, I would even add, I think that if you look on a macro level, there is definitely a generational cycle of rejecting the culture of your parents or the one that came before. And so for sure, you could see why there was a rise in churches that, uh, that value uh, excellence in production, right? Mm-hmm. That, that spend time theming mm-hmm. a day. Um, and so the criticism, that, and there's, I think there's a new layer nowadays, but the criticism that I was very familiar with when I was in seminary uh, was like, this is, listen, this is worship of God, mm-hmm. not a show. And so if, you, if you're constructing like a show, like you want to put on a play, put on a play. Mm-hmm. But if you're worshiping God, man, worship God. Uh, and how do you, what's the, if your heart and desire is to create spaces where people can engage Jesus, how do you balance that? What I think the new added layer criticism is, um, of there's, I mean, there is a movement of people that are deconstructing faith. Uh, many who will refer to themselves as ex-evangelical, mm-hmm. uh, where there's kind of this this attitude that some of what what we do could be considered like, well, that's spiritual manipulation, right? Like you're using lighting and music and a, a particular way of speaking. Like I hear megachurch pastors get mocked all the time, like in the way that they speak as they're, you know, like the, you get really quiet and then there's a, and like, and mm-hmm. yeah. And so the question then becomes, where's the line between, uh, following the Holy spirit in what he's guided and gifted you in and just being genuine. 
And a lot of times that may look on the surface the same as someone who is really just trying to put on a show. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And it can be hard. I mean, I think also it can be hard to at times discern the difference between those things quickly and where that line is drawn. I had a, I had a friend that I grew up with. It was like we had a, we had a, I grew up in a student ministry at a church playing music in the band. My dad was a a pastor on staff. So I I grew up way, I mean, as much in church culture as you can grow up, I grew up way in church culture. Um, so we had a kind of a group of friends, uh, three or four of us that were real close. And then another group of four or five that we would, uh, we would hang a lot. We would have like spiritual conversations. We go to church camp together. We'd also get together and connect four Xboxes in our house and play Halo. Like you had to do back in the day, you had to physically plug the Xboxes Mm -hmm. into each other. We do all this stuff. So one of, one of this group of friends, um, grew up went into ministry for a while and then left ministry altogether and actually became very outspokenly uh, against the church, classified himself as an ex-evangelical, the language that you just used. And so he, he had told a story in kind of a public forum and I, I uh, tracked with it a little bit and it was so bizarre to me, man, because he was, he was talking about church camps, especially like, church camps in the nineties and two thousands. Like there, there's a particular brand of church camp. And if you were around that stuff, then you, then you knew it. Um, and he was describing kind of these like worship services that we would have at camp. And the way he described it was like this extreme emotional and spiritual manipulation. You have, as he described, you got kids running around all day doing games, these competitive games. So they're super exhausted, tired, they miss their parents. The music is playing. The person's saying, you know, raise a hand if you want to accept Jesus. And you look around with one eye and like everyone else is kind of do it. And then should I also raise my, and, and it was so weird because I'm looking back like, man, I don't, I don't remember feeling that way about it at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had it like, I was there at the exact thing that was being described and my experience of it was totally different. So a caveat to all this listening is that I do strongly recognize just like we were talking about with people's church preferences, right? Like you deal with this all the time, especially as people that preach God's God's word. I've talked with Mike about this as well. There's so often that you'll get up and you'll say something and it feels so crystal clear. Like it would be impossible to miss the point of this. And you get an email the next day from someone that's like, why did you say that? That was terrible. And you're like, I Yep. Everyone else heard a different thing. I'm trying my best. So there is like a, a, a subjectiveness to people's experiences For of sure. how they perceive. Well, and there's an aspect of it like, all right, so not to not to zero in on a specific group of people here. But uh, if like if you're married, right, <laughs> like and it's Valentine's Day or your anniversary or you said something really stupid the last day, um, like, you know, like I get up. I do, I do a couple extra chores, right? Like I, I show up with a fresh haircut and some flowers home from work. I make sure that we have the dinner my wife likes. <laughs> I'm not manipulating my wife. Mm-hmm. I'm loving her. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. recognizing that these are things I can do that will make it easier for you to receive the love I want you to have. And because I want you to have it, 
I'm creating that environment for you. Um, and that's, that is how I've always thought hmm. of a church service. A kid, like we, so I used to uh, group mission trips. They do like kids mission trips. Yep. So I was trained as an MC, like the main speaker to run those. Um, and everyone knows like Saturday night is cry night, right? Like that's the night when you're trying to break through and everyone's going to whatever. Um, and it's not, it's not to manipulate. It's, it's because of a genuine desire of love. Mm -hmm. For people to experience this God that is so good. Because here's the thing. You can create all of those things. And if God don't show up, nothing happens. Yes. Nothing lasting and yeah. nothing meaningful. Because mm -hmm. I think the I think the thing to acknowledge here, kinda like my kinda like my friend who I grew up with, is we we do have to acknowledge and be honest about the fact that what makes this so difficult is that there, there is some absolute legitimacy and truth to the fact that there are churches out there that really attempt to operate that way, mm -hmm. whether, whether semi-intentionally or just completely unintentionally and well, well-meaning for how sure. they choose to approach their ministry. So we, we, we struggle all the time, just like with, just like with anyone in any profession. If you're a, I'm sure I would imagine if you're a teacher and there's a news story about a teacher that horribly mistreated their students and you're going, mm -hmm. Oh man, there's so, there's so many that are trying to do it right. And I know there are ones that are screwing it up. Yeah. We, we feel the same way strongly about churches, leaders, spiritual leaders that, um, just have, have clearly kind of screwed up the target of mm -hmm. what God's calling them to. So I guess number one, it's always good to, uh, to try to be aware of the, the spiritual situation that you're in. And, and because there are some folks that will tr try and manipulate, they'll try and use guilt or their position of power in a very human way to, mm -hmm. to have, to have that feeling of power over people. And that, super sucks and yeah. we just acknowledge it for what it is. But, uh, so putting that caveat out there, I will say, um, what we attempt to do here at Lake Forest, and I can't speak for, uh, any other teams that I'm not sitting in the meetings every week for, because I know what our intentions are and what we're attempting to go for. Mm -hmm. Um, Jeff, the way you just set it up made a lot of sense to me. I've never thought about it that way before about, um, kind of the actions that we take to kind of set the table or to show love toward people to kind of create an environment. What, what we think around here is that there is a, the weird thing about being a Christ follower, right? Like one of the three persons of God, that we like invite into our services and ask to move is sometimes referred to as the Holy ghost. Like it's mm -hmm. such a yep. mystical, like there's no other word for it than that because there's, there's a spiritual mystical aspect of our faith of parts that we, we believe because we've seen evidence of God moving. We've seen things happen that we can't explain, but also it's like, this is the Holy ghost. This is the Holy spirit. There's like a, there's like a, a mystical part of this thing happening that we think we believe as we 
as we try and get ourselves in a in a headspace to uh, have an encounter with God to allow the Holy Spirit to move, we think that he actually does in ways that that are what we're trying to build in this room is going to feel different than going to a Panthers game with a bunch of people because we have a different thing that we're trying to help foster. We, when you go to a Panthers game, all of the liturgies is just a, a fancier kind of way to say the things that they do. Right before the kickoff, they play the music. The team runs out of the tunnel. Everyone loses their minds. There's cheerleaders. There's their defense. There's things they chant. There's things that you expect to happen. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the football game, it puts you in that mindset of like, I know what to expect. I'm, I walk in. I'm ready to go. We're, we're trying to accomplish the same thing here with a different outcome. We repeat these actions. We build our services in such a way. We do stuff with with lights and with music and with singing together not to try and create an emotionally manipulative situation, but really to attempt to block out enough distractions of other stuff that is hard to stop thinking about because it's life stuff all the time. We're we're trying to give people an opportunity to just take a step around that for a second and take a look at the bigger thing that's happening. Yeah. So and, and there are ways where just like I, I regularly say, like critical thinking is not the enemy of faith, right? Using the tools and strengths and training that God provided me does not make something disingenuous. So uh, let me, I'll out myself for a minute just to use an example from this past Sunday, right? Um, I very regularly say uh, what we do here is we love people as they discover and live out their role in God's story and everybody has a role in God's story. Well, the sermon series that we introduced this past Sunday was I See You, right? And so on purpose, when I got to that point in the, the welcome, I, I looked directly in the camera, directly in the eyes of people, and I said, whether or not you know it or, or believe it, you have a role in God's story. Because I know that in that moment, for many people, that's going to take a thing I always say, and it's going to make it personal. It's going to open up their mind and heart to what God has to say. Now, that's not disingenuous because I'm not doing it as a tool. I'm doing it in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Like, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to utilize that thing to reach more people. Hmm. Um, it is, it's very similar to out myself further. Uh, I'm, I'm garbage with names. Like, if I see your face once, I will remember you forever, but I am probably not going to remember your name for more than 13 seconds. Yeah. But when my the thing that, that I do in, in coordination with my wife, like she really does it for me, but that she would be the Holy Spirit in this example. Like we'll meet somebody and they'll say, hey, what's up? And it's clear that I can't remember what their name are. And she will quickly introduce herself. So oh, that's they, awesome. Yeah, yes. yeah. But so, but my point is, None of it is disingenuous because the heart behind it is intentional, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a, it's a marriage between skills and intention and the work of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think what makes it different, I think where, where we get it right, if I could say that we get it right, mm-hmm. is that, that we seem to consistently demonstrate a willingness. If the Holy spirit wants to trump our skills, we let him. Like ultimately he's the boss of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that even in our planning and our process and even these meetings that we have every week, um, the fact that it's not, 
it's not a singular person sitting there doing their thing. Like it is, it's, it's the body, smaller subset of the body, but it's multiple followers of Jesus, all of whom have their own skill sets, uh, desiring to hear from the Holy spirit, what he would have us do. I think that's one of the main things that, that keeps us on the right track. I think the other thing that is um, crucially important to us that I think would hopefully separate what you see at Lake Forest from some churches that might be veering into some uh, territory that feels a little bit scarier in terms of this stuff is that um, our desire at the bottom of all of it is to root absolutely everything that we're doing in, uh, in scripture. And the goal is to, to help people grow spiritually. And we have a, not only a staff team, but an elder team that is so strongly concerned about that, that if we, if we tried to out of our Tuesday planning meeting, if we tried to bring some idea that felt like real wacky, very quickly, we would hear about it from, like key leaders at our church that are way dialed into what the Holy spirit is doing that are way dialed into what God's word says. And when there, if there was a potential disconnect between something that we're doing or something that we're asking people to do or a direction that we're pushing folks in our church, um, if, if that ever didn't line up right, like we would really quickly hear about it, like for sure. And, I feel like that is a, another thing to us um, that is a safeguard that we always like to have in place because our main goal of um, our main goal of having even something as dumb as flashing lights because that's a for some people that alone signals mm-hmm. I'm at a concert and right. there's no like serious spiritual stuff happening here. This is all a show. They're trying to manipulate me they're trying to get my money mm-hmm. um you know the the thing that we're hoping sets us apart from that is that our goal from the from the bottom to the top of every step along the way that we talk about all the time is that everything that we do inside that space on Sunday mornings is just designed to help uh people have actually a distraction free experience with God and we think that the lights and the sound and all that stuff that we do is just a, a, a way to, it sounds, it sounds a little funny, but just like a church, uh, being real ornate with stained glass windows, we try and use mm-hmm. the stuff that we're doing to create beauty yep. in a space to where the point is not the extra stuff. It's not the, you shouldn't walk away being like, wow, those lights are amazing. Uh, maybe on Christmas Eve and we have a cool, fun light show just as people are walking in just just to enter entertain for a minute while we're waiting for the service to start but other than that the the goal is that that stuff never is the point Mm -hmm. that it's all uh supplemental to the point which is to just make beautiful stuff um god specializes in making beautiful stuff Mm -hmm. i i think all the time as well i i'm a i'm a um I'm a see God in what he's created person probably more than any other way. And just strikes me all the time how, how the world is not a 
flat and gray and boring, but is uh, overflowing with distinctiveness and life and terrain. And uh, it's just God makes stuff. And I think beauty can point us toward him. And that's why I think yeah. that we do it. I, I think there's uh, one other factor that I'll say that it is, feels a little intangible, um, but is more uh, philosophy of ministry, leadership style. Um, it is, it when you try and discern, like it's, it's kind of easy to see uh, churches that bond together and unify under a, a leader or a person. Hmm, yeah. Um, and, and that tends to be the dangerous, unhealthy place rather than bonding together and unifying under God. Um, and I would, at risk of puffing you up, and hopefully uh, Mike hears this before my annual review next year, <laughs> um, I think that both of you guys do a very good job. Like, you're both very gifted in your areas of leadership. Neither of you are even remotely jealous for the spotlight. I mean, I don't know if, if people fully understand or even think about it, but the amount of times that you are not leading a song, the amount of times that Mike is not the preacher, um, that's not actually normal for a lot of places. Like for a lot of places, our size or bigger, our style, there is a little bit of like, hey, you get the best of the best and you front row them every possible chance you get. Whereas here, the best of the best that we're front rowing is God. Mm -hmm. And the people participating are just the people participating. Yeah. And Mike says that all the time, that he, his desire with Lake Forest is to create a, a place that is bigger than one person, one personality, one leader, one um, bigger than one political ideology. Mm -hmm. We don't have to unpack all that. <laughs> but... Um, I would I would say very briefly without a lot of details that is another um, territory at times that when as Tim Keller says Tim Keller mentioned frequently on this podcast pastor mm -hmm. church planner New York City pretty much genius no, yeah. I'm not even going to qualify with pretty much he's a genius thinker yep. um, Tim Keller says um, all the time. An idol is when you take a good thing and make it the ultimate thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times in churches, whatever it is, um, I think holding a waving a very strong, outspoken uh, political flag at times for some churches, my two cents, my opinion, um, can become uh, an idol to folks there where the emphasis is not on the saving work of Jesus and um, becoming more like him and finding a role in his story. It just becomes about identifying who are the good people, who are the bad people, who's on my team and who's on the other team. Mm -hmm. And I like the ones on this side of the line and the ones on that side of the line, I think are super bad and there's no hope of, re of redemption for them. And that gets yeah. into such a, I, another uh, Kellerism check and balance that has been helpful for me as a preacher and particularly uh, if Jesus is not the hero of the story, hmm. you've missed the point. That's good. Well, we, we hope around here all the time. Um, we'll, we'll wrap things up here. Uh, just, I hope you can hear in all this, that our heart behind all of it and, and our goal, um, is that this is a place that, 
helps point you in a God direction in a way that, um, in a way that honors him in a way that we would feel, um, we are, we are approaching this in, in the way that he has called us to. And I, I had, uh, I don't know if you've ever had a similar moment to this, Jeff, when I was coming out of college, considering full-time ministry, I had read a book by a guy named Shane Claiborne called the irresistible revolution. Mm -hmm. And like one weird side effect of it is it just made me like ticked off at the church in general. Like, man, how are we messing it up so bad? And I, I kind of had to come to like a personal moment for me of being like, you know, I can't, I can't fix the church with a capital C. There's no one person that's big enough to do that, but I can, find a place that I think is doing it the right way and invest Mm -hmm. all of me into controlling what I can control in this one area and being a contributor towards that. And that's literally what enabled me and my brain to be able to even do full-time ministry. So Uh, kind of quick. Uh, So when I, uh, when I, so I've been on staff uh, coming up on six years when I was interviewing, I interviewed a lot of different places and I got uh, a number of, of things that are, you know, like interesting on my resume. I've worked for a, one particular church that's a real big deal in New Jersey. I had one ministry that, that I kind of rebuilt and it blew up real quick and got a bunch of numbers. And, and the literally the first conversation I had on the phone with a search team from Lake Forest, Mike included, uh, I already knew that this is the church for me because literally every other church uh, all they wanted to know about was, hey, man, how'd you get numbers like that? Hmm. What did you learn working at this church? Like, which no shade on them. It duh. Like, of course mm-hmm. they'd ask me that. Yeah. And all all this place wanted to know was like, man, so so you worked with the homeless for two years. Like, tell us about your heart for that. Uh, and there was a, another thing that I had done around uh, some racial inequity stuff. And, and the things that they cared about and wanted to learn about were, uh, to me, heart of God stuff, not technical prowess Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and that I, like, like I said, almost six years, I, I have yet to find that not to continue to be the case of how, how this place operates. Yeah. I mean, he, again, he's never going to brag about it, but if you could see the amount of kind of servant leadership coming from the top from Mm -hmm. Mike and the amount of, uh, weddings and funerals and counseling appointments and hospital visits and all this stuff that like a pastor of a church, the size of Lake forest, a lot of times they're they're They really just want to stand up and they're going to preach. And then the rest of the week, they're going to, they're going to be all vision to their staff, but not really get into ministry stuff. You know, Mike just loves people and that culture rubs off on everything that we do, you know, the whole rest of the way here at Lake forest. So I, I hope that you find us to be that kind of place and um, know that as we do what we do, it's all with the desire and the intent to uh, to know Jesus and to make him known well and give people opportunities to encounter the Holy Spirit, let God do the stuff he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well said. Excellent. Well, good to be with you all again today on the Ask LC podcast. Appreciate you for listening. And uh, we will be back at it in a week or so. We'll catch you guys next time. See you later.